Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver. Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Today I have an amazing conversation. Opera singer, author, and coach. Um, we sat in front of our uh, video calls now for more time than um, than I want to even mention. But so much of our communication and our body language is lost. But what can we do to optimize um, optimize that? Well change the way that we talk in our voices our expressions and that's what I'll, that's what we talk about today it's an amazing conversation with emma um hope you enjoy it hey it's lee welcome to business problem solved today i have the immense pleasure of chatting with emma Baratti. how are you emma i'm very well thank you and i'm very happy to be here Oh no, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm happier because because I, I know a little bit about what you do, and I think this is what this is well exciting and so relevant at this point in time. But for those people that don't know who you are and what you do, do you want to just give us a little bit of a, how you've got to sit in that seat today? Well, um, I've as long as I've lived, I've been in I had a foot in the, the corporate world and a foot in the artistic world. So I'm a trained opera singer. I give concerts. I'm a trained writer. And um, so I, I, I write articles and so on. And I've been in corporate for like 20 something years, uh, backing important men and um, also as a writer. So at this point in time in my life, I kind of joined everything. And um, it is essential, I think, because now that we're all on Zoom and we're all just talking through screens, suddenly uh, what I know, my skills become really relevant. So I, I basically teach people how to be expressive and charismatic through their voices. And seeing that most of their body language is gone with Zoom, that is actually all they've got. Yes. So. It's an area that people didn't pay much attention to. You just get along with it. Uh, but now it's become really relevant. Suddenly, yep. you, if your voice is not expressive or you're boring, it's going to stand out a mile. Completely, completely. So, um, because there's, there's a stat, isn't there, that, um, that before, before this, these COVID days, um, it, there was like something like 50, I can't remember the exact figure you, you, might, you might know, but how much people um, pick up from your, from your body language and how much that makes part of your communication. But you're dead right. You lose all of that when you're in this little window and you've just, you've just got your, uh, your, your face and, and your voice. Um, yeah. But, so before we get into, into, into that, because that's, that's really exciting, um, opera singer, tell me a little bit more. How, how, how was this? Where did it start? Oh, well, I, I started um, in my late teens, my early 20s. Uh, I trained uh, with a, the daughter of a very famous professor, Alma Cesare. And that family has an incredible IP of vocal coaching. And I worked with her for 10 years every day. 
Wow. So, yes. And, um, and then I also studied with famous singers. I studied with, uh, with Carlo Bergonzi in Italy. I studied with Christina Deutekom in um, Amsterdam. And I went to Mozart TM uh, summer classes. And basically, it, it was all my life. And I still do. I perform. My last performance was last year, of course, because nothing's happening this year. Yep. And I sang at the International Musical Festival of Kuwait. And I actually sang in Arabic. I did a couple of songs in Arabic, wow. <laughs> which is quite challenging, yes. But um, it, was, uh, it was really good. And that was the last time I gave a concert. And um, this year, nothing's happening. You know, all my artist friends are desperate. But um, that's, that's the, what we've been dealt. So, but it's something that I always loved. Um, you know, as an opera singer, you train like an athlete. You're very disciplined. And basically, the, your, your voice is, is so important. And now, you know, those skills... Um, come to the fore but you know the voice has always been important i mean we we're, we're immediately attracted to people that speak well every time we hear one of these rada students that um, recite shakespeare we're all we're all in awe but yeah. we think that they're born like that and they're not these things take training and yeah. the voice is a bit like uh, a diet. You only go onto it when you really, really have to, I think. Most people don't get up in the morning and say, okay, I'm going to train my voice and do vocal exercises. They don't care. But uh, it has an enormous impact. It does. So I've got a few questions there, really, about that, because I've not had any vocal training. This is just, this is just how I talk and, and, and how I say things. Yeah. Um, how would people know... Or, or how would I know that I needed to change how I talk to get a better result? That, you would have to feel it yourself. But um, if you train your voice to the maximum, of course it's going to be better. Your voice, it, the, what you're saying now, how you're speaking, is not who you are. It's not the voice you were born with. It's a voice that's been influenced by your environment, by your family, by your social status by a whole lot of things you didn't choose you 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 know you just adapted some people react against it and then they have a, a different voice they do not you know these people that they say oh i'm from ireland and you're like i would never have guessed because they've reacted against it so all these things that people are so stubborn and calling their identity which is of course it's a free choice you can choose that to be your identity but that's not your voice. Your voice is a very natural thing that is free of all sorts of impediments and is just sound, pure, beautiful sound. That's what we should all aim at. The rest is all just you injuring your voice, you making it more complicated for the sound to come out. Wow. And and it's really, once you explain this to people and you show them, especially, uh, I, I, I just laugh at this a lot. And somebody comes to me and they fight me and resist me. I said, okay, uh, just let's do a one-hour session. And I start to clean it up, clean it up. And then they're shocked out of their mind of what comes out of that because the voice has been limited. You, for, a lot of people speak with their mouth closed. Now, how on earth 
can you express anything or let out beautiful sound if you close your mouth? Other people push the voice, the sound into their noses. You know, these people that speak like that. I mean, how on earth can that actually comes across as a bit aggressive, sharp? And I can go on forever. And there's all sorts of things people do. Then there's the ones that push the voice far in the back. It's like they're swallowing their own sound. Normally that comes from very reserved and shy people. And, wow. um, and so when you do these things, one thing immediately you lose, well, two things you lose. One is beauty of sound. And the other one is volume, projection. Your voice will not travel if you do all these things. So don't tell me you come into a room and you speak and you fill the room without even screaming, your normal voice, you fill it in. Don't tell me that doesn't impact people. Okay, so the, the number one question that I have now is how do you do that? So how, what's the process of, of cleansing your voice? And how do you know that you're cleansing your voice? Well, well, I have a trained ear because I have a trained voice. So when I when somebody speaks, I do an assessment. So I, I, I just have a conversation with them and, and let them be themselves. And I, all the time I'm listening. And I'm, I'm because I know exactly how the mechanism works, I can actually feel what they're doing. Yeah. I can feel it because immediately my, my, my throat reacts like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, you empathize with the person and you're feeling where the person's going. So immediately I see, and everybody's a universe. Everybody does different things, right? And for example, one of my, um, one of the people I'm helping now, um, she closed her mouth when speaking, pushed the sound into the nose and, and opened her vowels. So she was very like squeaky, eh, like, eh, like that, right? Yeah. So there are specific exercises to start putting things into place. So the first thing is, and a lot of air is coming out. Most people have air coming out. So the first exercises I do is to make the vocal cords, the vocal cords have to basically really get tense without touching, right? Yeah. And, that's, and make them vibrate. So then you get rid of as much air as you can, and then sound comes out. So that's the beginning, just to get sound from your vocal cords. The second one is to put the sound column in the right place, which is upright, not in the nose, not in the back. No, I don't know what other places people put their voice, but it should be upright. So there are exercises to, to put the voice in its rightful place. And then come the exercise, and once we get the basics, so your vocal cords are vibrating, the sound column is going straight up. Then we start doing exercises to, to liberate the sound, mostly vowel related, because your sound travels in your A, E, I, O, U. It doesn't travel with T, K, P, Ch. And the more you, you cut the sound with consonants, the less the less color, the less sound, beautiful sound you're going to get. So there are exercises to make you liberate and open your mouth and get rid of all these things you do to chop it up or to, to close it down. And these are just the basics. And then once we get you to liberate all these things, and that's repetitive work. So I can, you know, I can give you exercises and solutions straight away, but you have to practice constantly. 
because yeah. it's repetition. Basically, you're changing lifetime habits. Can you imagine? Yeah, wow. It's wow. like going on a diet. So it really takes, you really have to be committed. You want to transform yourself and you have to do it. Once that happens and we get that voice into place, then we go about how you say things. Yeah, your intonation, how you speak your sentences. What do you do? Are you one of these people that, that go, duh, duh, always downwards? Or are you one of these people that chop and, and have breathing, high breathing? And, and you can see all these things in TED Talk. I, I just have fun and I go through TED Talks and, and I analyze every single speaker and I say, okay, he's doing this one, she's doing this one. You know, and everyone could improve so much more with, um, with the right techniques. Yeah, so and then, what, what is the big benefit? So why, why would somebody want to be able to, to talk differently, clearer, um, truly? Well, first of all, as I said, beautiful sound. Everybody is attractive to, attracted to beauty. So a beautiful voice seduces. And if you want to uh, keep an audience, you know, hypnotized, a beautiful sound will do it. Yeah. Secondly, you want, now it's through video, but hopefully after COVID, you know, things will, it will be a good mix. I think video will stay pretty much in the equation, but there'll still be moments in which you have to present yourself and you want a voice that travels, that, that goes, yeah. you know. And then another thing is that um, the way you express yourself, if you don't want to be boring, if you don't want to be monotonous, like most people speak, like they speak always in the same note and they don't go up and down and they just stay there. You know, you got to, if you're surprised, you're supposed to be, you know, going to the high notes. If you want to be dramatic, you go really to the low notes, right? And then yeah. you, know, you can give all that uh, oomph into it. So that's another ex exercise that I do. I try to get people out of their monotone and make them go up and down the scale so that they become expressive. And expressive is everything. It's, it's everything. It's the difference between life and death in a presentation. Yes. Yeah, no, on a, honestly, right, I'm, I resonate with what you're saying so much. I, be, before we hit record today, I told you that, uh, or I mentioned that, that I'd been on a stand-up comedy course, and part of that comedy course was, was about performance. And, and during comedy, there's, there's two things. There's either a setup to a joke or a punchline. And... And you've got to deliver each of them separately. So you, in, in terms of your attitude and or, or expression. So you deliver a setup in, in, in the attitude that you feel for that line, but then you deliver a punchline in a different, so that people differentiate between the setup and the, and the put because performance is so key. And what you're saying is, is very similar to this in terms of if you're angry, you want to sound angry. Uh, or if you're happy, you've got you want to be you want to actually sound like you're happy rather than just be on this on the, on this flat level. So I think, I think what you're saying is, is so, so important. What I want to just go back to is about five minutes ago, you said that when you have an initial conversation with somebody, you can, you can, you, you're already start, starting to understand um, the, the failings in, on, maybe not the failings, but the, maybe the, um, the opportunities in their voice. Yes. And I know this is recorded, but where, where can my voice be improved? Oh, we would have to open your mouth. <laughs> We would have to definitely have, well, of course you need to, you need more, there's 
we would have to get rid of some of that air. There's air coming out. Then secondly, yeah. uh, we really need to open that mouth. And that happens a lot. What part of England are you from? It's the north. North right? Northwest, yeah. Yes. And they do that because um, they close their mouth a lot and their vowels are very narrow. So it's very, a lot of you, you use a lot of you and you sound. And you is a narrow vowel. So it tends to close the mouth. So we would have to to open that mouth. And don't don't get me wrong. I'm not killing accents. Like, for example, I'm not trying to turn everybody into little Shakespeare. Everybody can keep their accents, but it's about softening the consonants and yeah. opening the mouth. So it will become a softer accent for sure. But it's, you know, you will still sound like you're from the North. You're not going to sound like you're from Scotland or Ireland, you know? Yeah. And uh, for example, actually Scottish and Irish are the most complicated because they roll their R's, which means they roll their tongues inwards. And when you do that, R, this kind of sound, R, when you do that, you immediately place the sound in your nose. So that's and they close the mouth. So that's why it's so difficult to understand what they're saying. And this is another thing. Do you want to be understood? Yeah. Yeah. Completely. If you're in a multinational and you have a global audience, you cannot be so localized. You can't, you have to be understood. Yeah. You have wow. to open that mouth and you have to take that sound out of your nose. You'll still sound a, a mild version of Scottish and Irish, but it'll still be there. Yes. So, in fact, in fact, I think that's the first feedback I've ever been given where I've been encouraged to open my mouth. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm very much into making people very vocal because in a way what I do brings out people's charisma. You can, you know, so yes, I very much encourage it's it's a bit like a stylist you know a stylist goes and sees their client and they're like okay so what's his or her style and then they will emphasize that style improve it and give some ideas well i do a bit the same thing i'm not turning people into you know identical you know cookie cutters yeah. i try to look at the personality of that person and and then make that person shine yeah. yeah, yeah, love that. One hundred percent. That's what I try to do because, at the end of the day, I'm looking for uniqueness. And you have the most unique thing you have. Your most unique imprint is your digital, your digits, yeah. and your voice. <laughs> yeah, no, completely, completely. So um, you said right at the start that um, it's over over years you learn to talk these bad or in in this um, in 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 this less pure way because of all of the habits that you've picked up and, uh, and you've, you've learned to adapt. Um, as we, as we spoke about just before we hit record, I've got two, I've got two young children, a five year old and a seven year old. Should I be doing anything different with them to encourage them to, because I mean, I can imagine if I went home tonight and said, you need to open your mouth more and uh, what, what, how, how young should you be when you're, when you're actually learning to talk properly? Here is my say, right? There was a time in which music was taught in every single school. Yes. Yeah. That's what I would encourage. I think every child should have uh, music lessons, take up an instrument. First of all, it develops your hearing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And secondly, once you get into those things, um, you change. Yeah. Yeah. You open up. Then if you start to sing, there's no way you can sing with your mouth shut. Not true. Yeah, that's humming, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's not yeah, singing. That's why I'm coming. People say, well, you know, that's opera technique. How does that got to do with me speaking? I said everything. It's the same thing, except that, you know, I go into an aria, you're going to speak it. But, but the mechanism is the same. Yeah. So singing is incredibly therapeutic. Actually, if you see people that try to kill themselves from, from having stutter or some sort of impediment, they've done that with music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So singing forces you to, one of my, my students, uh, she, actually the one I was speaking about, the one that closes her mouth, told me that she loved music and she had gone to audition to several choirs and, but she doesn't have a voice and she wasn't accepted. And I said, well, how do you expect to sing with your mouth closed, right? Yeah. And, and we started, and I, then I can see if someone has range or not. And I said, you've got a voice in there. I said, I'll tell you what, because you love it, we'll do the first uh, half an hour, we'll just do pure vocal exercises. And then the following half an hour, I'm actually going to train you as a singer. Wow. And she was all excited and stuff. When she came, she, couldn't, she had very limited range. I would say maybe four or five notes. Well, this weekend, I got her up to an E-flat. Uh, Whitney Houston kind of Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. And, wow. and she couldn't believe it. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I just taught her because if you don't know, how would you do it? And I just taught her specific things and tricks and how to do it, and it's coming out. And she's yeah. actually got a really good mezzo-soprano voice. And so singing is very therapeutic. Even people say, I don't know how to sing. Well, first of all, you need a good ear, okay? As a defense mechanism in life, all right? Identifying different sounds and, and having a keen ear is always a, a good thing. Yeah. And, and secondly, it doesn't matter if you're going to sing or not. It will help you get rid of all this stuff. So that's my answer is children should sing. Children should go to music um, schools or choirs or anything like that. First of all, it makes them an extrovert because they have to expose themselves in front of an audience. And secondly, they'll, they'll start opening their mouth and, and listening, listening to notes, listening to, to beautiful round notes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No. Perfect. So, and there'll be there'll be people sat at home now who will be or in the car or that have a a Zoom call or a Teams call, a Skype call coming up today. Is there anything that that you, that you can that you can think of that, or that you advise people to do? Is that, so everybody's at a particular place now. Everybody wants could can get better. Is it if you could offer anybody like one or two bits of advice that go actually on your next video call, um, can you try this to be uh, to be clearer? What would what would those things be? As, as a couple of takeaways. Well, first I'll go basic. So uh, I'm assuming that this person wants to win clients or wants yes. a promotion or wants to be noticed. Yes. First of all, check your environment. You're showing your house, your room shows who you are. Yeah. That room doesn't matter. You could be 
Pavarotti that if your room is it you know <laughs> isn't yep. up to scratch, then think of it like a stage. Set it up like a stage for that video. Yeah? yeah. Very important. Secondly, dress up. You're not in the office, it doesn't matter. Dress as if you are. Okay. What so why? Because I'll tell you why. When you're comfortable and in, in your casual clothes, your energy goes down. Does it? If your energy goes down, guess where it shows? Yeah, in your voice? Yes. Yeah. Your okay. posture, your posture, when how you sit, shows in your voice. It, everything shows in your voice. Yeah. So if you want to be excited, if you want to be convincing, if you want to be expressive, you have to be alert. You want to be alert, don't make yourself too comfortable. I know, yeah. this is, I know this is not what a lot of people want to hear because we're all like, oh, great, I can work from home and I can be in my PJs and I just dress from the waist upwards. Well, yeah, dress from the waist upwards. But you have to put yourself in an energetic um, position, which is high and engaging, yeah. right? So that's your, it's like a stage. This is my moment. I got to give it my all, yeah? And yeah. then uh, as for the voice, well, the first thing I recommend everybody is slow down, right? Okay. So if I had said, so slow down, but no, yeah. I said, slow down. And which, which, one, which one engages you? Which one actually makes you slow down? The second yeah, the, one. The, yeah, the, sl the slower one. So yeah. is, there, is, is the reason why you recommend that so people can understand what you're saying or is it because um, it does something different? What, 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 pause, why? pause, silence is power. See, right now I went quiet. Who had yeah. the power there? Yeah, yeah, no, okay, I like that, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So these are very basic things, but that will already change things overnight. You are in control when you're speaking. And people forget that. They try to rush and give all the data before, or it, or, oh, I got to give all my data before, you know, somebody else speaks. That already is taking away your power. And people will wait for you. They'll actually yeah. respect you even more if you take your time. Yeah, I think, yeah, so when I, um, when it, the first time I ever stood on stage and delivered something, I could feel myself talking really, really quickly because I was a little bit nervous and I wanted to get off there as quick as possible but deliver, deliver my message. Is it, is it a confidence thing or, and, and I guess slowing down makes you appear more confident as well if I just play that through in my head? I don't play appearance. I don't play cosmetics. I don't. Okay. I know a lot of people teach all this body language thing and they go in there and they tell them, put your hands like this, walk here, walk there. I don't do that. That's not my thing. Yeah. You want to be confident, then you have to learn to stand in your own power. Not hide it, not pretend. You've got to stand in your own power. And I have a lot of exercises to do that. That's the basic of it. But you, you have to be able to stand and deliver and take your time, know that you're in control and the audience will listen to you. 
I remember in my 20s, um, I went, I was, I was at, living in Madrid at that time, and I went to see this um, theater company from Moscow. And it was a Chekhov play. And the Russians, you know, they're fabulous actors and they have incredible schools. And the, the theater was crowded, it was full. And they didn't close the curtain or open it. So it, it was a bit like the, the, they wanted to portray the play as if it's already happening, it's reality. We just happened to walk in and see it. Yeah. So there was a Russian actor, all wrinkled and very, you know, looking very uh, impactful, just sitting there, sort of like the thinker of Rodin, sitting there, not saying a thing, but really thinking. He was in his character. He was thinking. He was sitting there, right? Didn't do anything. Just, just being. Everybody sat down <clears throat> and everybody was curious. And they were expecting him to do something, but he, he wasn't doing anything. And before you know it, give it like uh, 10 or 15 minutes, the audience was sitting down. But as they walked into the theater, they were all staring at the stage. Oh, wow, what's going on? Then they would sit and like, oh, he's sitting there. What's he going to do? What's happening? And guess what happened? The whole theater went into absolute silence. And that man had not said a word. They were all sitting, quiet, waiting to see what this man was going to do. And that's when I realized how impactful it is to just stand there and be. Yes. And that's what I try to help people do. Just stand there and be without fidgeting, without panicking. Most people, I don't know why, especially executives, they can't, some of them run around because they want to go on stage with all this energy. And, and yeah, fine, you're going to go out on stage with all this energy, but guess what? You're going to be like a rocket about to take off. Your feet will not be planted on the ground. So where the hell are you just going to be prone into ridiculous or insignificant movement? That means nothing. And you should do nothing without motivation behind it. Wow. You don't do that in normal life, do you? Walk up and down, walk like a lion. You don't. No. No, you don't. No. So I don't do cosmetics. I actually look at the person and every individual is different. I look at them and I say, okay, what is the body of this person telling me? Is it that he doesn't believe what he's saying and he thinks this product is a load of rubbish and he's just doing it for the money? Because that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to win with that one. Secondly, does he think he's not attractive enough? His voice is not good enough. Uh, he d he's not a good enough dresser. Does he think all his, you know, physical presentation is not up to what he thinks should be the standard? All that can be cultivated, perfected, and trained. By the way, yeah. Or, or is it that they're just nervous and panicky and? I don't remember, don't know if they remember what they're going to say, right? Yeah. Because they learned it, they learned it like, like a recorder and, and, and what they say has nothing to do with them. It's totally disconnected, right? Yeah. So it's very different to, it's very different to go on stage and say something like, and I'm going to improvise here, but it's very different from saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is my product and it does all these fabulous things, right? 
And I'm already did it. I already did it more animated than some people. <laughs> <laughs> But it's very different from saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is my product. And it does all these amazing things. Yeah. You know the intention? There's the yes. intention. Yes. That's, it. That's embodied. That's you. You actually believe it. Yes, this is my product. And guess what? I'm going to make you stand up and, and cheer. That's what yeah. I'm going to do because it's so I, good. I love that. I love that. There's, there's, so, there's so much to what, to what you do and, and how you do it, isn't there? Um, yeah. it, because it's it's every it's every aspect of yeah. of that of of that um, pronunciation presentation and yes. writing also because that's another way I'm a writer so um, a lot of these presentations you know I, I am a really strong campaigner against what I call corporate jargon it's blah 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 non-committal no no liability means nothing ambiguous words. And I'm, I really crucify them and say, okay, so this is your presentation. All right. So I want you to strike out everything that is an, a noun, a verb, and only keep the adverbs that if you take them out, the whole thing collapses. The rest, you can take them out. And guess what? They're normally left with five or 10 words. And I'm like, what are you communicating? What are you saying? What are you actually saying? Because you, when you speak, you should be appealing to people's emotions. Do you really think that this ambiguous language that honestly is so dispassionate, is unbelievable, is going to create any effect in your audience? None. Yeah, None. No, I'm with you, I'm with you, with you. No, I love that, love that. Why do you do what you do? Um, I just, I just, like to help people shine. I guess I know what it's like to be on stage. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an adrenaline rush, you know? And when I go on stage, there's so many things. I mean, I'm singing really, really complicated things. It's not, I'm not just singing a pop song, you know? Um, those are things that you really have to be 100%, you know, concentrated and or else it will stand out like a mile and if you see most opera singers i don't know have you ever been to the opera or to, or to classical music concert not, not yet but i but following this conversation it's something that i definitely do want to do well i it, you know i think i can give you some names of some singers that are incredible and you can listen to them and if you observe them the things they do are just out of this world And, and that's another thing that I teach that comes from opera. Once I get your voice into place, you can go louder, softer. You can go lighter or darker. You can actually color your voice. Yeah? yeah. So, for example, if I want to, I'm just, I'm not going to change notes, but right now it's like, you know, in, um, in a sound system, you've got treble and you've got bass. If you yeah. put too much bass, it's boom, 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 right? And if you put too much treble, it's like really, it sounds metallic nearly. The voice yeah. is the same. So I could be, let me try and do this here. So I could be speaking like this. Now I'm going to take the bass out. So I take the bass out and I'm really up here in, in the treble. 
but now I'm going to put the bass in and I'm basically on the same note, but now I'm lying heavily on my chest voice and suddenly I can go really dark, right? Yeah. Yeah. So light and dark, volume and quiet, right? For example, in pauses, if you want to make a huge impact, um, pauses are just, so I don't know, I'm just going to get this book that I've got here just to read uh, something and show you. If you come from volume, you have to come from volume to, to make the silence sound impactful, right? So for example, I just got this book here. Who's the writer? Let me just quote, because I don't want to. Oh, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Free <laughs> publicity for you. So for example, this sentence, most people would read it like this, right? Before the beginning, there was nothing, no earth, no heavens, no stars, no sky. That would be just reading, right? Yep. So what I do with people is that I do presentations, I'll say, okay, so what is the most important word in this sentence that gives you the most emotional impact? And it can change from one person to another. But in this sentence, I think it's nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then I say to the person, okay, so when you say nothing, how, do you, how would you say nothing? I'm asking you directly. How would you say nothing? Loud or soft? So I would want to say, in that sentence, loud? You would want to say it loud. Oh, hang on, let me just, just read the sentence to me one more time. Before the beginning, there was nothing. Oh, really quiet. Re yeah, quiet. I've, I've changed. Quiet, yeah, I've changed. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Be because, so. only, only because I, I would say that because it, it's emptiness. So yeah. that's why I would want to. So, so say nothing and, and feel it. Say the word nothing and what it, it's... It, <laughs> nothing nothing okay now if you want that to be impactful you have to come from volume so if i do before the beginning there was nothing there's not there's not a lot of um, modulation there but if right. i start like this before the beginning there was nothing no earth no sound no stars yeah? Yeah, yes, got that. To yeah. do that kind of stuff, you have to have some sort of control on your voice. Yes. Then, then you can start really playing around with pauses, with volume, with softness, with uh, lightness, with darkness, all sorts of things. So, I, I, but to do that, you've got to really understand what it is you're saying. Of course. Be before you say it, don't you? Yeah. So, so basically, you can't be an executive that just goes out on a presentation and is just going to jiggle through it. Yeah. Not, if you wanna, not if you really want to stand out and be somebody that people pays pay attention to. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. No, it, ma it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. There's so much more to it than just the words, isn't there? So it's, much more to it than it's just the a words. lot of work. I'm, I mean, I, I, come to it, I come to it from the vocal coaching, um, from the intonation, um, and from, so I become as a singing teacher, I use vocal technique, then intonation, then as a writer, and then as a performer. Yeah. What, which, of, of, all of, your, of all of your skills, which do you prefer to do personally? Singing. No, well, writing. I'm very into. Oh, it's. A, I'm a singer and I'm a writer. <laughs> 
yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's tough. It's tough because um, actually I, I just finished a novel the first um, week of June and I handed it in to the literary agency in London. And um, so I haven't touched it now for two, three months because yeah. they've got a backlog. And I'm sick waiting for the feedback to come back. And, and, and I, it's like I'm on drugs. I need to write again. I, I, you know, I need to write. I, I just, yeah. And with singing, it's a different thing. I don't have that everyday necessity of it. But when I do get on a stage, what a rush. I can't sleep that night. I just yeah. can't. The adrenaline is just so... Do you know what it is? This is what I want to give to people, to go on stage and have the power to have those people absolutely absorbed in what you're doing and you can make them cry or you can make them laugh. Okay, in a corporation, you're not going to go to those extremes, but still, it's yeah. so powerful and, and I don't know why people just go through it and, and I just think it, it's a pity because I know sometimes we take jobs that, we're not particularly interested in because we have to survive and so on. But I also think, you know, if, if you start making choices where you go for things that you're passionate about, you achieve way more. Why? Why do you see these people that have exceeded in life? Because they've chosen something they're passionate about and that immediately helps you yeah. in, your, in, in how you communicate. Yeah, you've got that emotional what? attachment, haven't you? Yeah, and even if you don't have an emotional attachment, there is something, something about what you do that excites you, or else you would leave. Nobody takes a job that they absolutely hate. They'll start no. looking for another job, won't they? Completely, completely. Yeah, so there has to be something there that, that, that you're into. Yeah. So I, I help them tap into that. And even in, a, in an extreme case where, okay, so you don't like what you're selling, you don't like what you do, do you like your client? Can you focus on your client? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, no, love it. Love it. What's the dream, Emma? My dream? Yeah. Because you've got, you, you write, you sing, you help people. For, for what reason? And I completely get that you want you want to help people uh, feel that feeling that 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 you get and, and have that audience in front of you and and just feeding off every single word, but but for what end? Well, um, my goals are first of all, of course, to become a best-selling author. <laughs> yeah. do, do you do you write about what you teach? Do you? you yeah. Oh, it's completely different, is it? Yeah, no, I write, I just wrote a novel, historical fiction. Oh, wow. Yes. But I will, I will write. Um, I also will put out some audio. I have planned to put some audio recordings of exercises and so on. That's something that I will be doing. Yeah. But no, I, I, I see things from a different perspective, I, I, I think. So I yeah. see myself as a product and I have different um sides to it so on one side i'm a writer on the other side i'm a singer on the other side uh i'm i'm going to start my podcast soon <laughs> so I'm taking 
So the podcast is a sort of networking to, to merge people from corporation and the artistic world, beautiful voices, unique voices, visionary voices, right? Yeah. And then uh, what I do is sort of a synergy of, of all three. They, they're not separate in my, in my point of view. They, yeah. They're all me. Yes. They're all different uh, facets of who I am and what I know how to do. They're different expressions, but at the end, they all match. Completely. Right? Because, yeah, because, because they are you and because yeah. you, you feel so strongly about all of them. They all make you, don't they? Uh, yes. I, I know exactly what you feel. Yeah, because so, some people, when they look at me, they go, oh, well, he's a jack of all trades and mass, but he's, he's kind of, I, I love doing this over here and I love doing this over here and I'm, I'm writing children's books over here. I've got the podcast over here, helping businesses over here. But it's all just, it, it's, it's exactly as you, as you say, it's an extension of yourself. It's just a, just a, a different part of you, helping people in a different way. Um, yeah, it's just, just about think helping. about it. If I didn't do um, the things that, that, if I didn't sing, I couldn't do the coaching. If I didn't write, I couldn't do the coaching, right? Yes. And in a way, also credibility, the fact that I, I, I'm not just a vocal coach that tells you do this, do that. I can actually pull it off. What I'm yeah. teaching you, I do. So yeah. I'm not one of these people that sit behind a piano and like, okay, so do this and do that. No, no, I do. I do it. I get in front of up to 2,000 people and I have to sing and I yeah. have to stand on stage and I really have to get into it and, and command the stage. So if I, couldn't, if I didn't do that, how on earth can I teach it? Correct. Then right. a writer, right? So I, I write, um, I wrote for corporations. I've done comms and corporate communications and articles to promote uh, brands and so on. And uh, I've done a lot of technical writing in my life, all sorts of writing in corporations. So I know how they communicate. I know what's wrong. I know what's right. I know what they need. But at the same time, I know what they lack. Yeah. And... Um, you know, if I didn't write um, novels and so on and publics, publish stuff, well, how, how, how can I say that, that I'm a good writer? So it's also credibility, isn't it? Hey, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Um, how can people or where can people find out more about you? Well, I have a, a website. It's um, called um, The Voice of Your Mind. And it's called that for a reason, because your voice is controlled by your mind. So it's a very subtle thing I teach. Um, I always put the example of someone that has had a car accident, right? So okay. before the accident, imagine they've injured their legs. Before the accident, they could walk perfectly. They didn't think about what the brain was telling their legs to do. They just walked because it was automatic. But after the car accident, that link is broken. Mm -hmm. And in the ones that can, can or have a, a possibility of recovering it, they have to learn to command and order the legs to move. And that's a long, hard process. Yeah. until they see some movement but all that's done with your with your mind same thing with the vocal cords most people have not um 
tense them or make them work to full capacity. So I teach exercises that connect your mind to your vocal cords. Yeah. And people, and, and, and they slowly take you through that path. And then you're very conscious of what you're doing. Yeah. But that's why I call it the voice of your mind. Also, because I'm continuing this tradition from the Cesare family. And um, the, the father of Alma Cesare, Herbert Cesare, he has a lot of books published. Um, uh, Gillian, the mind, the voice of, your, of the mind. Uh, Julian tradition. Uh, so he was a very well-known professor that trained uh, very important uh, people. And I'm, I'm continuing that. Um, she's now 96. And wow. I, I, I seem like the natural successor for that because, you know, I spent so much time with her and uh, I am her product. I mean, we built my voice together from scratch. Yeah. What did you... What did you sound like? How did you talk before? Well, I was from um, East Putney. Right, okay. And um, now it's very push, but <laughs> when I was growing up, it wasn't. <laughs> so um, that gives you a clue, right? Yeah. <laughs> and secondly, I had a lot of air coming out, so I, my voice wasn't so rounded. And I did what everybody did, um, you know, put all sorts of impediments on, on the voice's way. And I didn't have a, a, a big range. I only reached, I like to sing along, and yeah. I reached uh, more or less the middle of the pentagram. That's it. Well, um, with her, we worked together for 10 years, and she got me up um, nearly two octaves more. Wow. Yeah. Amazing, amazing! Yeah. Oh, I could talk, I could talk to you all day. I think, I think this is I think this is so fascinating, and <laughs> so fascinating, but but so important and so. I mean, people just take the voice for granted, don't they? And they think, well, and we just we learn how to talk and how to write, but it's just phonetically about the words, not necessarily how we say it. But there's so many more dimensions to to how you deliver messages. Um, which I hadn't really, I'd not really grasped and understood fully. Um, so I could, I could talk to you all day. But I guess how how do you stop breathing when you talk? Um, well, I in order to this is the first thing I teach. By the way, is oh, yeah? uh, breathing and using your diaphragm to support your sound. Without that, there's nothing. Uh, for me, it's it's now I don't breathe any other way. So I wouldn't even know how to breathe from the chest up here. I have no clue. I think the only time where I come close to that is when I'm running. Yeah. And um, I, I never run before. I started to run recently. And somehow I can't control my breathing when I'm running. I'm working on it. But that's the only time where I go up here. And my God, you get so expeciated, right? It's like, <gasps> it's up here. Yeah. But in normal life, I breathe through my nose. Send the air right down to my uh, diaphragm and push it down. And I and this is another important thing because if you and you, I've seen this. There's a uh, there's one chap that does TED talk, and uh, I think he was talking about Cicero. Such an incredible content, such a clever guy, but his breathing was up here. Yeah, and he was speaking and. <gasps> 
<gasps> and he had the microphone right next to his mouth, right? So you could hear. <gasps> and then he couldn't even do long sentences. Every three or four words, he had to breathe, right? And it was getting worse and worse. And it looked like he was really, really, really nervous. Yeah. And that's what happens when you, you, your breathing is not controlled. So, in, and even on stage, uh, in order to plant your feet on the ground, what happens when you're nervous is basically all the weight of your body goes from the waist upwards. Next time, notice it. It's like yeah. you want to run. You're in flight mode, basically. You can't feel your feet. Yeah? All the weight's mm -hmm. gone up to the, from the weight upwards. It's like you're, you're taking off like a missile. You, you, you find it difficult to stay on that stage, right? And the breathing's up here and everything becomes out of control. Well, if you control the breathing and bring it down and you do some exercises like Alexandra technique or what, what, what actors normally do, you plant your feet on the ground. Suddenly your weight is from the waist downwards where it should be. Then suddenly you're planted like a tree. Now a tree is confident. It doesn't matter where the wind comes from. The tree's standing there, right? Yeah. Now that's what we want. That's what we want. We don't want to, to be a can of Coca-Cola flying <laughs> in the air. So breathing is incredibly important for that. And then once you've got that platform steady and you're that tree, right, then you start vibrating your vocal cords. The, the sound goes upright and suddenly the, you're standing there and the voice travels. And they can hear you in the last seat. Yeah. And, it, and there's no way of confusing people. They know you're in control. You're in yeah. control now. Yeah, amazing. And that's confidence. Confidence, there's no such thing as total confidence. I don't know one person that I could say, oh, that person is confident. Well, confident in, in what arena in their life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as total 100% confidence and we all think oh my god I'm the only one insecure no insecurity is fear is the common denominator of all human beings all countries and I, I would even dare say probably if there are other planets probably other planets yeah. too yeah. <laughs> fear, uh, fear is just absolute it's just that um, you train it you train it out of you um, there was one famous tenor, the best tenor of his time, is, uh, he was called Corelli. Well, when I was studying with Carlo Bergonzi in Italy, and I told him how much I admired Corelli. He was dead by then. And he started to tell me stories. And he said, do you know that he had to be kicked out on stage? He was so terrified. It looked like he was going to have a heart attack. Every wow. single time he had to be pushed on stage. And then somehow when he got on stage, boom, he, he just locked in. The music started, boom, locked. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, and, uh, and lots of people, Prince, let's talk about Prince. Prince was the most quiet, um, you know, introverted person on stage, and then he goes on stage, and what does he do? Yeah. He becomes I, this superstar, right? Completely, yeah. Yeah, but he even confesses it. I've seen it in Google that, you know, he, he's nervous every single time, but he just has that mechanism. Boom, in, boom. Yeah, amazing. amazing. So what, what do you do um, to overcome fear? 
Well, I, I do my exercises. So I've got one that's very, um, very, I do it right before I go on stage and that plants me already. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then I just say to my, I have like a mantra and I say, it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you feel. What you feel is irrelevant. What you feel is irrelevant. I repeat it to myself. And then I walk on stage, which is much pride and in, in, in dom dominance as I yeah. can, but from a grounded place, not from a, you know, a, 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 like a crazy energetic place. I go grounded. I've done my exercises. I'm planted on the ground. Boom. I walk. And as I walk in, I look at the audience as I walk in and say, here I am. Something's going to happen here. Yeah. And then I stand and then the mute, thank God the music starts because that's when I, I get into my, what you want to call confidence, um, point. My point of confidence is when the music starts, that's it. I, that's all I need. But I assure you by the, the, that, that those few seconds that I just start to walk on stage and I have to stand there before the music starts. Yes. I'm just as scared as anyone else. Yeah. It doesn't go away. There's no such thing. Ask any actor. If you know any actors, they're introverts, they're insecure. Oh my God. And they're self-destructive, you name it. I mean, creative people are, are sensitive. That you know, they're, they're complicated, interesting, but complicated characters. There's no such thing. When you see someone like, uh, I don't know, someone that comes to mind, um, stage actor, I don't know, Peter O'Toole, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, he wouldn't be the best one. He was quite, yeah, but I didn't know him personally, so I couldn't say, um, I don't know. I was trying to think of someone doesn't come to mind, but, um, they get extremely nervous too. Yeah. No, completely. Complete. I think, yeah. Like, it's like you said, when we started talking about this fear and confidence, every, everybody feels it. It's just at different situations. Yeah. Um, it's like but that's, when, that's when skill comes in. Skill is what gets the confidence. You know your skills are going to back you up. I go on that stage. I know my voice is going to perform. I know I'm going to hit those notes. There's no doubt about it. If I yeah. had any doubts that I wouldn't hit those notes, oh, my God, how do you go yeah. on stage? I, do, I, I couldn't. I'd be shaking. So yeah, why? Completely. So why would you go on stage not knowing your text to having your text like second nature. Yeah. How do you go into an audience knowing that you're not in full control of your instrument, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course you're gonna be terrified. It is situational, isn't it? So it's like uh, it's like some people might have a fear of jumping out of a plane where the, and that same person might have a um so somebody might have a fear of jumping out of a plane. Somebody might not have a fear of jumping out of a plane. And the person that doesn't have a fear of jumping out of a plane might have a fear of standing on stage. It's so individual and situational. And it's, and it comes back down to exactly what you say. It's about the, their understanding of, of what it, their skill or ability or, or what, and what they're good at. No, that's perfect. Perfect. I love that. Like Preparation. I said, say again, sorry. It's preparation. Preparation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, completely. Completely. I could, I could absolutely talk to you all day. I have so many questions, but I'm conscious that, uh, that I can't um, take up any, any more of your time. What, what does uh, an, an opera singer, author, 
um, coach, half of the tea or dinner. Is, do you say tea or dinner? Sorry? Do, do you say tea or dinner for your evening meal? What do you mean? Uh, do you know, like, so your, your meal that you have in an evening, um, yeah. yeah. is it tea or is it dinner? Or is it just evening meal? And I just eat one meal um, a day. Oh, oh do you? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and what would that meal be? Well, I try to eat things that are not processed, but I don't cut on anything. That's why I, I prefer to eat just one meal a day, but I can eat whatever the hell I want. I don't believe in cutting this or cutting that. I think just eat less. Yes. So that's what does it. Exercise and eat less. Wow. So I don't eat all day. And anyway, I'm busy, so it's, it's easy to do. I drink a lot of water, a lot of fluids. Yeah. But then when it comes to dinner, I have my wonderful meal of whatever I want. Healthy food, not processed. Crap. Yeah. And I cook it, and I, I cook it with love, and I give it to myself, and I treat myself, and I do that every evening. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> no, it's very good. Very good. So um, where can people find out more about you? Because I'm sure people will want to find out more about you because I want to know more about you right now and I've had the opportunity to talk to you for the last hour. Well, they can go to my webpage, The Voice in Your Mind. And actually, I've got at the moment because um, I'm still working on, uh, I'm doing a transformation on the webpage, but you can actually subscribe and, um, and tell me what exactly you would like to change. And... I will send you um, a, an appointment and we can have a free private webinar. That's how I'm doing it at the moment. Amazing. So you, you just connect with me and then we have like 20 minutes chat and you tell me what you want to change. I tell you what I see and, and then, you know, it's up to you what, what, whatever you want to do. I'm also in LinkedIn. So it's Emma Barati and LinkedIn. Yeah. And, um, and I, I keep that. Um, I'm quite good with that. With the rest of social media, I'm not, I'm not so good. <laughs> yeah. So link, LinkedIn and the webpage is the place to find yeah. more, more yeah. about Emma. But honest, honestly, Emma, I just want to say thank you very much for your time this afternoon. It's been an absolute pleasure and a delight to talk with you. I've learned so much about myself um, that I wasn't expecting to learn. Um, <laughs> um, so so thank, you, thank you for that. And, uh, and good luck with everything that you've got going on. Thank you, and thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Perfect. No, enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers, Emma. Bye. Thank you very much for that, Emma. Honestly, that was uh, I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> that was re that was really good. The, the thing, the thing that you, you, you help in so many ways, don't you? Yeah. That's it's amazing. Amazing. It is amazing. Um. So because. So, so my, my revelation when I went on the comedy course was actually I just need to change the way that I talk um, and deliver a setup versus punchline and stuff. But then in talking to you, there's there's so much more that I need to actually factor into that. It's not just about those things at all. So, um, well, if, if, if I think you you really were brave because I think you went for for the most difficult thing. I think stand up comedians are. Is the hardest thing to do way more than singing performing way more than acting way more than anything to be a stand-up comedian you just stand there it's just you telling stories and yeah. if you're not funny you'll know straight away yes it it is instant feedback. and they are the most entertaining people
Yeah. Yeah, and uh, if you listen to them, they modulate their voice so much because they're storytelling. So they have to be incredibly yeah. expressive, yeah, even completely. mimicking and do you know like yes. trying to show mimicking other people or, or situations. So they, you know, I have like I love Jamie Foxx. I think he's so brilliant. Yeah, Chris Rock is also so funny. Yeah, completely, completely. No, honestly, I I, I absolutely love chatting with you. Um, this the episode will be out for either this coming Monday or the Monday after. Um, I've sent a connection request on LinkedIn now as well, and um, as, as soon as it goes live, then I'll send you a link to it as well, so you can do whatever you want with that with that link. Um, but and I hope I hope you like uh, I hope you like the production in the in the end when it comes out as well. Cool, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Perfect. No, thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your uh, the, the rest of your Tuesday, Emma. You too, you too. All right, speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.